Hello and welcome to In The Mix, the podcast all about the great British bake-off. My name is Greer and I'm here with JP. Hello. And we're going to talk about all things free from this week. We've had a few sort of weeks like vegan week in the past, but I think an entirely free from week. I'm not sure if we've had one of those before. Um, Do you think it was a good week to do? Yeah, I thought it was quite a clever one. I think, you know, free from stuff is now incredibly popular. It's everywhere. It's got its whole aisle in the supermarket. So why not do a week about it? And actually, it proved to be a good one to watch. Exactly. I thought it was really good and interesting because they did a vegan challenge, a gluten-free challenge and a dairy-free challenge. So there's a bit of everything, I think, in there. And it's been something we've talked about quite a lot on the podcast because obviously we started off the series with Freya and she was doing entirely vegan baking. Mm. So she missed her moment to shine in this week, really. They could have done it earlier for Freya. I know. I did feel for every time we had a bake, I was like, mm, Freya would have done well with that one. <laughs> oh, God. But um, yeah, it's quite, there was a lot of social media flack after it was announced. But, you know, I, I imagine that they have the order before the series starts. So I'm, I'm sure they didn't go, oh, we'll wait until Freya's gone and then we'll do a week with a vegan challenge in it. But uh, she would have done well. She would have done well. And talking of social media, it's funny, isn't it? Because people just put out the randomest of opinions. I, d- I don't know if people uh, even have a second thought before they click the tweet button. Because some of the stuff I saw coming out as soon as the uh, Bake Off episode aired yesterday, I was like, really? They just can't do anything right. I expected no. the people who you know love meat and are meat eaters and sort of, they don't really understand why veganism is getting a platform and all of that. You know, you expect people to be like, ew, vegan sausage roll, I'd never eat that. And you know, that sort of thing. But then you had people that were like, oh, it's really good you're doing a free from week, but why haven't you made it free from sugar as well? And why haven't you done this? And it's like, really? Like there's- yeah three different challenges if you take the sugar out what are they going to be making exactly next year we're just going to have the free from bake-off every week is going to be free from we're going to have every single dietary requirement under the sun i know exactly and you're right it is it is a dietary requirement because lots of people you know they were complaining and stuff and you know going oh why haven't you got this why haven't you got that or i wouldn't eat that well yes maybe you wouldn't eat that or maybe you haven't tried that because the only reason you probably have up until it's sort of become a bit more popular to eat with free from uh products Mm. um is if you're if you're gluten-free or if you're a dairy-free for a sort of a medical reason that's the only reason that you would have had it but now people sort of tend to eat from the free from aisle and stuff because actually sometimes it tastes just as good or even better and it might be for some people a healthier choice so I thought it was an, an interesting week to do it is it is the typical thing where people just find something to complain about um on social media but yeah no I, I liked the idea of this week and as you say more and more people i mean i've tried going gluten-free for a while um and you know it's interesting to see the sort of stuff you get out there it's a lot more than it used to be and i think you know shows like bake-off really should be leading the way and saying actually yeah there are lots of different options there's always that thing about vegetarians who get the same option at every single restaurant because there's yeah. you know one vegetarian dish i know you have restaurants that have like half of their menu is vegan um you know it's great we, we should be celebrating it exactly i agree i think you know now things are even better aren't they vegetarian stuff at one point or free from stuff you're thinking oh it's going to taste right. like cardboard or oh, no <laughs> but now there's so much stuff we've learned so much stuff over the last few weeks watching freya anyway about what you can include in a bake so i'm all for yeah. it um we love a controversial uh, challenge 
in the Bake Off, in, in the mix, really. We always think, oh, yeah. is this really a baking challenge? And the first one this week in the signature, I wasn't really sure if it was a proper baking <laughs> challenge. It was eight identical dairy-free ice cream sandwiches, and they did stipulate we had to have them sandwiched between two baked biscuits. And Prue even said in the little bit beforehand, um, it is a baking challenge after all. And I thought, well, they yeah. know. They know that this isn't a baking thing. Did you think it was ridiculous? I had exactly the same thought. And I, do you know what I love about this year is that they are finally getting to the point where they're sort of taking the mick out of themselves. So yeah. we had the Twix thing last week where Matt was like, you know, oh yes, it's a Twix, but we can't call it a Twix. And this week it's, yeah, we'll have an ice cream sandwich, but we have put a biscuit in there because it is a baking show. You know, a token little bit of baking. Um, but I did think that and I was like, um, it, I don't know. I, I've sort of got to the point now where I'm like, eh, do you know what? We're in series 12. They're running out of ideas. Sometimes they're going to have to break it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yes, those those biscuits were so important. <laughs> they or, were. Or, or macarons in some people's case. Oh, yes. Or, or, or not, I guess. We'll oh, talk about mm-hmm. Jürgen's interesting fall from grace <laughs> uh, a little bit later on. Um, but the idea of an ice cream sandwich anyway... Uh, I, I'm not really on board with it. I don't think I'd really want to bite into my ice cream. You know, that's mm. something that people say, you know, people who bite into ice cream are usually sort of the weird friend. That's what people are usually <laughs> talking about. Um, so I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of an ice cream sandwich, but some of them made some really good flavor combinations. And I always like talking about that because as you know, yeah. I like to sit there and daydream me eating some of the food that they are baking. Yeah, there we go with that in the background Um, (laughs) to imagine what it tastes like. And we get really frustrated when we can't imagine, especially in German week. It's still a frustration for me. I didn't get the full experience. Um, You are still very bitter about that. I am a little bit bitter about German week. (laughs) A little bit bitter. I want to be able to try them all. I hope at some point we'll get some sort of hookup between, you know, the the Bake Off itself. And maybe they can send us some samples. They wouldn't do that. But that's the dream. Come on. The dream. Come on. I know. Um. So that people were using, because obviously you can use milk for the ice cream because it was a dairy-free challenge, people were using some interesting replacements. There was coconut milk, cashew milk, and oat milk. Um, but Giuseppe, he used soy milk, but also tofu, which was not something I actually thought that you'd have in a dessert form. Yeah, I was really confused about his. And it, it was the thing, as soon as the, the challenge started, I thought, okay, I have never tried dairy-free ice cream. I've had things like sorbets, but that's not really ice cream. Yeah. So I did wonder how they're going to do it. I wondered if it was the case of, as you say, putting things like oat milk in or cashew milk or they had the, co- you know, sort of cans of coconut cream, which for me, I thought that would be the best because that's really creamy anyway. Yeah. You know, it's a really nice texture. Um, so when he then put tofu in, I was like, <laughs> I don't really understand what you're trying to achieve here. And I wondered if it was like the texture thing almost because ice cream... I don't know, when you freeze, um, I imagine when you freeze milk, it's a bit like a sort of mini milk, sort of yeah. ice lolly, because it's quite watery. Yep. So I wondered if he did that for texture, but I was really, really confused about that. I was like, what? what's he doing? Exactly. What's Jürgen doing? Giuseppe had his staple flavours in there as well. He always comes up with oranges. You know, he's very oranges always. and lemons. That's his thing. Mm. Um, so he did ginger and maple syrup cookies, which sounded very nice with an orange ice cream. Um which seems quite normal, you know, normal. Um, but then we get to some other people and we get to uh, Christelle. She did cashew oh. milk, a coffee ice cream. 
and she did tahini and miso cookies. Now, she said she was doing a miso and tahini frappuccino biscuit, but they sort of dumbed it down a, a bit, I guess, for the narration. But she's yeah. gone back to miso again. Giuseppe with his oranges, Christelle with her signature miso. I know. I'm starting to wonder if she is on commission, um, if she's sponsoring a miso charity. I just don't know. I've never seen in, in the sort of 12 seasons of Bake Off, we've never had a baker who's just used the same ingredient, shoehorned in <laughs> yeah. every single week. I mean, where's Japanese week when you need it for Christelle? Seriously, I know. she would shine. I know she would. I like the idea that she's sort of profiting on using miso oh, every yeah. week from like big miso, like big farmer. I like that. <laughs> um, it's that. And we've Black Forest Gatto everywhere. Again. I'm bored of hearing about Black Forest Gatto. I'm not interested anymore. But that comes up again <laughs> later too. So yeah, Christelle, miso sounded interesting when we were both sort of going, oh yeah, I'd like to try miso caramel and stuff. But now on the third time you've used it, we're a bit like, come I'm on. Not, I'm bored. Change the tune Maybe- now. Maybe we should have had a uh, free from cliche or free from repetitive <laughs> yeah, challenge. Exactly. You do nothing you've done. No miso, no black forest. And Giuseppe, put the oranges down, please. Exactly. That would have been good. Um, <laughs> someone who really doesn't play by the book and actually you can never guess what she's going to do. Is I know just, where this is going. <laughs> it's our favourite. It's good old Lizzie. Yeah, she created a a vanilla and almond brittle praline with dark chocolate biscuits. Um, And they were very dark chocolate, weren't they? They were like 100% cocoa or something, she said. Yeah, that was brilliant. The moment where Noel sort of comes over to her and goes, how much, you know, is it cocoa? She's like, 100%. Like, it just, you know, literally. Nothing else in there. You could, nothing else. Um, you wouldn't be able to tell if the biscuits were burnt because they were black anyway. And uh, but I like the idea that she sort of rolled the the design into the top. It didn't quite come out, but I like the idea that she went for yeah something a bit more decorative. And again, this week she wanted bakes that were not free from finesse. She was hoping. She was hoping. She's been hoping for finesse for weeks now, so she much so has. that it's been tattooed on her ankle before her Great British <laughs> Bake Off um, commemorative tattoo that she had uh, got. And um, just so finesse she's been looking for, but I thought the uh, seven, the 100% cocoa. See, I wanted to say 70% because that's the sort of, you know, the high-end dark chocolate you hear <laughs> yeah. about. So 100%, I can't even imagine it. And you're right, it did come out completely black. It was sort of akin to Noel Fielding's personality. <laughs> it was quite hilarious. Her sort of reminded me a bit of an Oreo. And sometimes Oreos are a bit hit and miss. It depends which ones you mm. get. The normal ones, everyone, you know, raved about them you know, a, f- a few years ago, I guess now, um, when Oreos started b- to become a thing, you know, on the internet. Oh, everyone is obsessed with American biscuits. But they're not like biscuits that we get here at all. And when I no. first had them, I was disappointed because I was like, this just tastes like a burnt biscuit more than anything. Yes. I know. Yeah, they're so bitter. And then you have to get like the double stuff ones to get the right proportions. Yeah. Because you need more of the cream in the middle. So I suppose, yeah, for her, I can't remember what flavour she did for she did her ice cream. What was it again? Vanilla and almond brittle. And she said yeah, it so was... I suppose that would have counteracted in It way. balanced it. I guess it would yeah. have balanced it. But the reason uh, that she said she did this flavour is because she takes her dog Prue, I assume... <laughs> named after Prueleaf, out on a walk. And at the end of the walk, the best part of the walk is when they go past the Mr. Whippy ice cream van and they get a vanilla ice cream for her and the dog. The dog gets an ice cream. Yeah, I mean, spoiled dog right here. Um, I know. But I love that. And I love the stories that Lizzie has with her bakes, actually. Um, Oh, it was just, it was good. It was good. It was good. good. Um, 
so it's interesting, isn't it? Because um, Chiggs and Lizzie and Christelle, they are actually allowed to shine a little bit more or they are actually, you know, in the forefront a bit more than the other episodes because both Giuseppe and Jürgen, they didn't have the best of weeks this week, especially Jürgen. Really? There was a point where you were watching and you sent me a message going, oh my God, is Jürgen going to go out? <laughs> and I, I thought, know, I... he might do. It's not going well. I know, it was the thing, I always watch slightly later because I like to fast forward through the adverts. Uh, huge advocate for that, sorry, advertisers. <laughs> but um, so I always start about 20, 25 minutes into the episode and every single week I always text you off like the second bait going, I know it's already over and you already know, but oh my, oh my God, I think this person might be going home. And this week it was Jürgen, literally after the second one I was like, oh, he's going home. But it's, it's interesting because we've sort of hit this weird part in the series that again we've never had and we had this for caramel week that nobody in caramel week had three great bakes and that never really happens there's always at least one person who it's easy who's going to be star baker and that sort of happened again this week and it i don't know we've never had that from a bunch in the final five i mean we've got quarter finalists yeah and, it, and some of them they all just sort of fell under the radar at least one part in the episode they did. I was so surprised that Jürgen, you know, something was going wrong. And even with the baked yeah. part in his signature challenge, it wasn't the ice cream. So he was making uh, macarons with ground pistachio and almond. And I like the sound of his ice cream, banana and coconut ice cream, you know, with mm. the coconut cream and the coconut milk, like we were saying earlier. That sounded like a good one. Banana ice oh, yeah. cream is my favourite. I know that makes me a bit <laughs> weird. And I uh, see that. No, oh, no, that's oh, good. No, I like that. No, no, no. Okay. Um, yeah, so that is my favourite. So I was, I was pleased with that. But Jürgen kind of didn't do well with his macarons, which is a normal baking thing. I mean, we've never baked them. Well, I've never baked them. I spoke on your behalf. Oh, I guess you've never baked I'm, them. You know, I'm always uh, getting <laughs> macarons out of the oven, always. Um, yeah. No, well, I'm allergic to them because they're meringue. Oh, yes. So I, I, I can't even eat them. No. But you're right. They, they are a staple of Bake Off, of any you know cookbook or, or baking show. So you just think for him not, to pull that out of the bag was really uncharacteristic for him. And even when he was piping them on, I sat there and was like, they look a bit lumpy. Like they just didn't look right from the off. No. And um, yeah, I, I was, I was worried because we, you and I have both said over the last couple of episodes that we feel quite confident with who the final four are going to be. Yeah. And so I think anyone apart from who we thought was going to be going this week, who sort of dipped under the radar, we were going to be like, oh, oh are we about to have the shock that we tend to get at least once in every series, which we haven't really had this year. So yeah, it was, it was danger zone. Yeah, it was. I was, mm. I was very confused because, you know, he was, he had to cool down his meringue and that was the problem. I guess it was, it was probably mm. hot in there. He didn't have enough time to cool down the meringue. So he just piped it anyway. And, and Paul noticed when they came around to judge, he was like, mm, that's what's happened. But it's interesting because they didn't say, Oh, Jürgen, you know, you've, Look, it's it's not right. It's not good. I'm disappointed. Yeah. They were like, oh, maybe you've made um, a new type of dessert. Maybe it'll be nice. And I'm like, they're being very kind to him, whereas anyone else would have been like, <laughs> this isn't good at all. You know, you've screwed it up. But Jürgen, it was like, oh, maybe yeah. you've created something new. So may maybe Jürgen gets quite angry and they didn't want to uh, upset him. <laughs> but well, they I did also, wonder. Yeah. It was very out of character. And, you know, we had in the preview from the episode before... Uh, you know the preview for this episode that Paul turns around to one of the bakers and goes you know this isn't your best and was quite brutal and I thought when when they were really nice to Jürgen about something that he 
he had messed up, you know, let's be honest here. I was like, what? Like, it just, it didn't make sense to me. And, um, you know, obviously it tasted great. And that's always a good thing about Bake Off, that it doesn't go right if it tastes good. Great, you still, you know, got half yeah. marks. But I was surprised that they were so positive about that one when structurally it didn't quite happen. No, you know, macarons are meant to be airy and sort of crisp, but they were completely flat. And uh, he said they weren't even sticking to his ice cream. So he was very shaken <laughs> up, I think, by the signature challenge, Jürgen, which yeah. is very out of character. Let's move on to the technical this week because... It's the one that's caused the most stir because vegan sausage rolls, they've been talked about for years now, ever since Greg's bit the bullet and released a vegan sausage roll and everyone went mad and it was excellent advertising <laughs> for Greg's. Um, oh, yeah. They had to do a vegan sausage roll with rough puff pastry. We've been waiting for a rough puff and we've got yeah! it. Yes, I know. We've got a vegan rough puff pastry. I mean, I never knew that was even possible. No, I, I, I still don't even know how that's possible, but they seem to do it. Um, and inside, instead of the sausage, it was mushroom and walnut, the filling. And they had to come up with, yet again, an accompaniment, which no mm. one cares about, a caramelized red <laughs> onion chutney, which was a waste of time. I know. Now, I mean, I went to said fast food institution on Tuesday and got myself a vegan sausage roll uh, just because I was in town and I thought, you know what? I was so sure it was going to be vegan sausage rolls and I'm so yeah. glad that I went for the punt on that on the show last <laughs> week because I knew, I knew it. Um, but I, I wouldn't have that. And I, I wasn't, you know, walking around Kingston going, oh, if only I had a little bit of red onion chutney to dip this into. That was lovely. No. <laughs> no one Get has ever thought that. Stop the dip. I mean, you had an ice cream sandwich in the first challenge, which was barely a bake. And now you're worrying about a dip. Mm. Come on. I know. And they, they do sort of try it a bit. I saw them try it, but after like the first try, you don't hear any more about anyone's caramelized red onion chutney because that's not what it's about. <laughs> Why waste some of the time making this? You know, they had to do the tzatziki the other week as well. Why? Yeah. Just stop. So I hope, <laughs> I hope the producers listen to In The Mix and they'll know that we're not interested in having a dip with the technical next year or a butter. We're not oh. interested. <laughs> Oh, yes. If you could do that with some garlic butter. Or really put the cat amongst the pigeons and wind everybody up on social media and have Prue and Paul come out and go, do you know what, guys? There's a big twist this week. We're not even looking at the sausage rolls. It's all about the dip. Or use it as a tiebreaker. Just make it interesting. Like, tiebreaker would be good. Yeah, yeah so I like actually, that these, idea. These, these three are pretty good. So we're going down to the dip. Yeah, um, yeah that'd be fun. That would be fun. Um, <laughs> it, it was a good challenge and... I'm glad that you said that you would eat a vegan sausage roll and you've had one this week because I would. I actually enjoy looking at all the different options they've got now in the supermarkets for vegetarian yeah. sausage rolls because they're really nice. So I sat mm. there and I was like, I would eat that. That would be really good. I'd, I would eat the chutney, but, you know, just because it's there. Mm. I'm very fickle with my opinions, <laughs> aren't I? Um, but I was pleased with the vegan sausage roll idea and you did predict it. Lots of people as standard were going, ew, that's disgusting on Twitter and stuff. And I'm like, broaden your horizons, open your mind, go try a mushroom sausage roll. You will like it. Yes, um, exactly. exactly. And I can guarantee that some of those people would have tried some sort of mushroom pate at a mm. restaurant. As a st you know, something like, they would have had something with mushrooms in before. Calm yourself down, guys. It's the future. <laughs> Yeah, mushrooms are very hated food, though. I think that's yeah, one true. of the main things people really dislike. It's usually the texture because people think it's kind of like slimy and, you know, a bit soft. People don't really like mm. it. But I can see why it's often used as like a meat substitute. It has that same sort of 
uh, flavor profile. Does that make sense? It sort of tastes yeah. the same. Yeah. Yeah, they do. It's got that sort of it's that umami. We love that word. That's usually the one. associated with miso. Where was Christelle's miso in Not this again. Song? <laughs> I know. <laughs> God. But the thing that I sort of struggled with the sausage rolls, I make sausage rolls and I'm very, you know, I can actually say I make one of the things. Not hey. vegan or probably uh-huh. my own pastry, but I I have made <laughs> a sausage roll before. Um and I was surprised because everyone's didn't look very neat they all looked a little bit misshapen especially when they were putting the filling in everyone was like i'm not going to measure it i'm just going to whack it in and it all looked a bit odd it was it was a strange one um and i think i mean when you think about a sausage roll you always think about the fact usually the ends are open um you know you have the scores down there They, they, they look quite classic i mean sausage rolls look like sausage rolls so to have such a wide range was strange. I mean, I love Giuseppe's, let's be honest here, pasties. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with a good bit of crimping around the outside and a massive bit at the end. Um, it was just, yeah, it was really strange to have like five different types of, of vegan sausage rolls. And I thought that Giuseppe's looked quite neat, actually. Um, was it Giuseppe? Yeah, it was Giuseppe's ones that looked quite neat with the scoring down them. Yep. And then when you look at them properly and realise they look like a pasty, you're like, oh, yeah, he's... He's not quite done that well, has he? It, yeah, it was it was really like higgledy piggledy and not uniform at all. In fact, some of the bakers didn't even have eight that looked the same as each other. Yeah, exactly. They're always about <laughs> making things identical, aren't they? Especially with the ice cream sandwiches and then in the technical, everything's got to look perfect and the same. So I was surprised yeah. when people couldn't really get what the sausage roll looked like, to be honest. Mm. When I make them, I'm, I'm a big fan of pastry, so if I can like shove yeah. as much puff pastry on my sausage roll... Um, as much as I want that would be the best it's just overload it so I tend to not leave the ends open I put it round but I don't make it like a pasty it's still very much rolled up I think because they Mm. were sort of folding it over the side weren't they and then had to sort of I guess crimp along that way it did it did stray into pasty territory a little bit (laughs) it did I think it was it was the dip wasting time they just didn't have the time to it was the dip they've got to caramelize those (laughs) onions only for Paul and Prue to eat like one strand of onion and be like "Mm, yes it's nice but they're not judging on that so very bitter but we did have one of the best moments in the technical and I mean, I think half the nation cried and half the nation sat there smirking like, oh, I'm kind of glad this happened. (laughs) Jürgen tried to remove the tray from the oven and something went terribly wrong and his sausage rolls ended up in a pile on the floor. I know. I literally, I, (laughs) we have been waiting for the drama this year and it was one of those moments. And you said, I I genuinely think I heard about 9 million people going, um, to then cheer or cry afterwards. Uh, I was gutted for him, particularly after that first bake where he sort of had a bit of a mare as well, despite the fact the judges didn't think so. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh no. And then came the horrible thought, and I, I totally have to admit this, because I saw on social media that someone was like, oh great, uh, Jürgen's sausage roll comes with a caramelised onion dip and some human hair. Yeah. Uh, to which my first thought was, well that then makes it not vegan. Oh. <laughs> That's like, I mean, that's now not a vegan sausage roll. Yeah, I'm so sorry, Jürgen, you failed. He has. now not vegan. He didn't follow the brief. That's excellent. I I don't want (laughs) to know what's on the floor in there because they're in they're in the middle of a big garden. So they've all walked in mud on their (laughs) shoes. You don't know what's come in. You know, dead fly, something like that. Everything down there. But 
people were saying five second rule, Jürgen, quick, pick it up. But he kind of stood there absolutely shocked and embarrassed that it was actually <laughs> filmed. And it was Jürgen. That, I just couldn't believe he had had a nightmare. Something was going wrong with Jürgen. It never happened. So part of me was like, oh, I'm, there's drama. It's exciting. And then also because it was Jürgen, I was a bit like, oh, yes, we've actually seen something. He's you know, human. He is. He's not, he's not Jürgen Ater, the robot. He is actually human. Proof. 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 The vegan sausage rolls were his Aww. nemesis. I know. I know. Bless him. And then in the rankings, Jürgen didn't do very well at all. We had Christelle at the bottom, mainly because she had too much spice in there and it completely blew Paul and Prue's <laughs> heads off. And she even tried it. And then uh, Jürgen, fourth. I think that's the lowest he's been in a technical. I know. Even when there were sort of 12 people in there, he didn't even come fourth normally. So that is... Uh, just having a quick look, flick through. Yeah, what made me laugh as well is the fact that uh, Christelle had... Um, the, the spice issue and that was because of the dip mm. it's like she she failed on the dip i was like what's going on uh, jürgen was sixth in the very first week he's had a fifth but apart from that he's always been top three exactly so, so it's very unheard of they obviously didn't like nightmare. the uh additives from the flooring <laughs> little bits of fluff from the carpet that were added into his vegan sausage rolls um bit of texture Exactly. Lizzie was third. Giuseppe was second. And then Chiggs got the number one spot. And Chiggs is starting. We've said this, you know, when he got Star Baker the other time. He's so quiet. And then he does these amazing bakes and gets Star Baker. Mm. And you think, oh, my God, where has Chiggs been all this time? I know. He is. He's the dark horse of the competition. I mean, he's got a big following on social media. There was a lot of comments about his glasses. There was. In recent episodes, they, they're like a bit of the old uh, eyewear. <laughs> but um, I, know, I know. That works well for but, you. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but for him just to come back, and you're right, he, he's quite... Well, no, he's, he's not up and down. He's consistently good. He's consistently yeah. top half, I would say. But yeah, he just has these moments where he really comes out and he's brilliant. And I can't remember what he had Starbaker before. Yeah, well, he had Starbaker for desserts back in episode four. So, um, you know, I sort of didn't expect him to do amazingly well this week. But I suppose, particularly on Freeform Week, where none of them really do it, yeah. it was anyone's game. It was sort of a leveller this week, which I quite liked. It was. And it did, it brought the sort of the two top dogs down. So it gave Chiggs, you know, the chance to actually be back <laughs> up there in the number one position. Um, and he did incredibly well. And I think he said his brother might be um, gluten-free, I think, or vegan or something. So maybe he's, when he's been learning oh, in yeah. lockdown, he's been creating a free-from bake. I think it was gluten-free. Um, mm. So maybe he's had a little bit of practice, but probably not with the vegan sausage rolls. So it was, it was well no. done from Chiggs there in the technical. Yeah. It was good. This is where the competition heats up. In the Showstopper Challenge <laughs> this week, no one did a bad bake. Everyone's no. was so impressive. I was sat there like, how on earth are they going to choose? I think I messaged you being like, I don't know who's going to go. I've got absolutely no idea. They had to create no. gluten-free celebration cakes and they had to be visually stunning and two tears at the least. And they had four hours. I mean, what did you think of everyone's bakes? I... <sighs> Do you know what? I mean, a little bit of a spoiler alert here, but the fact that I think for the first time in the series, it, well, in the show's history, they admitted at the end that the person who went home, it had to be decided on who was the better baker overall, and they had to take other episodes into consideration. Because this week was just... I I wouldn't have been able to send any of them home. No. I, I really wouldn't have done. And those showstoppers were great, and, and 
you know, we'll mention it in a, in a few minutes, but the person who went home this week for me did a brilliant showstopper. And it just, yeah, it was incredibly hard. When you take the whole episode together, I honestly couldn't separate them. No, I couldn't it, have separated them and sent someone home. Absolutely not. They all looked visually stunning. They fulfilled the mm. brief there. Everyone's, I was like, if that was my birthday cake or something, or even a wedding cake, yes. you'd be so pleased with any of them. They were all yeah. amazing. Um, so let's start off with Chiggs. He created a red velvet cake. And I don't think anyone thinking back has done a red velvet cake this season. So it was nice to see something a little bit right. different. And he had an ornate mm. chocolate collar going round. So he did, you know, his decoration was with chocolate. So it was quite delicate to do. I thought that was really clever. Showed a skill, you know, showed that he was quite a professional yeah. baker rather than just a lockdown baker. And he had strawberry <laughs> jam, chocolate and vanilla cream cheese frosting. Um, I, I thought his looked really really good and yeah it did prove that he isn't just someone that had baked banana bread in lockdown he's really picked mm. up the skills yeah he's trying hard with that one and i think that when you have got a challenge which you don't need to do chocolate for to be brave enough to do a chocolate collar i think was really really good for him um you know I, if i didn't have to do chocolate i would not do so in that case. it never <laughs> yeah. seems to go well ever uh, they were especially with the, the heat weekends yeah so yeah. always so when he was like oh, i'm gonna do a chocolate collar today i was like you insane like wh why would you do that to yourself but he pulled it off and it looked amazing it really did. And someone else that went with the chocolate theme too, uh, over the top but extravagant. That's what he does in these showstopper <laughs> challenges now, especially with last week's 170 step uh, <laughs> method or whatever it was. Jürgen, he's fighting for his place still after the first two terrible challenges he's had previously. Um, but he did a chocolate cake for his wife, who apparently is a big fan of chocolate. And he did the standard dark white and milk chocolate. But he did mm. uh, three sponges and three different types of icing. And there was a chocolate ganache drip and it had all these different chocolate buttercream. And I mean, it was simple in the way that it was all just 100% chocolate, not in the way of Lizzie's 100% yeah. chocolate, but it was all <laughs> chocolate. Yeah. It was all chocolate. But it looked incredible. It was one of the like best chocolate cakes I think I have ever seen. It was really striking. I love the fact, you know, he went for the stripes. He kept the idea of it very simple. He went for the sort of drip around the outside. I will admit, I thought it looked a little bit wonky. Mm. And I did think it was, again, I was sort of surprised because... Um, you know, when he brought it up to the front, and we all do this as people watching at home. Yeah. When, when they bring them up, you're like, oh, they're going to sew this, they're going to say that. And I'm sitting there going they're going to say that it's wonky and it just it didn't look as perfectly straight up as they would normally pick up yeah on. and a little bit like his signature they didn't really you know the first thing Prue said was oh it looks lovely and you're just like hmm um but you know i love the idea of it i think it did look visually stunning um and i like the fact that you combine the three flavors the cakes inside look nice he did do a very good job yeah, I thought it was good. I think I've got a bit of bias because I also love chocolate so much, especially, you know, when you get the Cadbury's bars and stuff now, they started doing the dark and white chocolate mixed together. And oh, I'm like, yes, yes yeah. you get me with that. With, with the, the mixture of all three types of chocolate, I'm, you know, that that's the cake I'm going to choose. Um, <laughs> I just thought it looked so good. I just think the contrast of the different colours of the chocolate made it look incredible. Um, and you're mm. right, I guess it was a bit wonky, but I guess there was a lot of buttercream and everything sliding around and... <laughs> and bits so I was 
very impressed by it. And someone who mm. uh, I was impressed by as well, and especially their icing work, is Christelle. And she came with such a yes. lovely story about one of her grandparents again. And she obviously has a big, big family and has a big family connection, especially with her grandparents, because each week she does a lovely sort of tribute to them which i think is really really nice um and she did her grandma's cascading wedding dress that she'd bought for her sister's wedding and it was coconut and jaggery creme pat coconut and walnut and cardamom sponges and it just flowed really nicely you could see like the train of the dress coming down in a cascade as she described it and it was all it all like little roses piped which i thought was very yeah. clever it looked amazing and again I think she completely nailed the brief with this one. Again, I love the story behind it. What I like about Christelle's stories is that they, it is family stuff, but it's not a sob story. Like she's yeah. just telling you what's inspired her and, and she wants to share that. And I, I love that. Um, I, yeah, the, the idea of the cast cascading dress, I've not seen something like that before. And I thought that was genius. Um, but she's been quite good with that. I mean, I think it was her who did the, uh, I'm going to double check actually, back in biscuit week because it springs to mind um yeah she's the one who did the, the sort of the vanity table with yeah. the mirror and the the pull out drawer with the makeup in and everything you know she's very good at coming up with these visual ideas and, and making them look really good so yeah for her oh, I, I thought it was such a good idea and say so she executed it really really well really well exactly and i thought it was interesting because um We've, spoke, we've spoken about Jürgen a few times, especially, I think, as you say, back in Biscuit Week when he made that windmill. And we all said it was quite mm. classic. You know, his designs have been kind of classic and sort of standard. And his designs for this were, were chocolate. And, you know, there was buttercream and it was pipe. But it was chocolate. Whereas you've got to, I guess, be careful. You've got to take the risk if you're going to use colour. And Christelle used yeah. a lovely pinks and reds for her grandma's cascading dress. And I just thought, you know what? It actually looks maybe more visually spectacular because it is in colour than perhaps Jürgen's more traditional sort of iced cake. It still looked good, but I think that mm. extra bit of risk was was quite good for Christelle there too. Yeah, she's definitely pushing herself and it's been so nice to see her confidence sort of develop um, over the series. It makes me laugh because on social media, she puts loads of videos up about how she gets things wrong. Yeah. Like she put up a TikTok this week about, you know, her four sugar domes. <laughs> and, and you know, she's very self-depreciating, but she is a great baker. You know, yeah. she deserves to be in episode eight. You know, she deserves to be in that final five. So yeah, she really proved herself with that. Definitely. I think Christelle, she's, she has put a lot of herself out on social media as well and shown her personality. And I just think that mm. she is grabbing the opportunity of being on the Great British Bake Off with both hands. I think she's yeah. going to do well even after the show ends. I think we're going to hear a lot from Christelle, really, because she's very funny. And her flavours and her detail and decorations, they're both good. So I think yeah. we're going to hear a lot more from her. Um, I hope so. Me too, definitely. Um, someone that I hope we hear more from... Um, and I've just been so like pleased with this week because she finally, finally got the finesse and she finally did what they've been asking for is, woo, is Lizzie. <laughs> she created a cake that was so um, individual for her. Something, you know, Christelle has her family stories and Lizzie really put her heart and soul into her bake this week. She wanted to represent some of her SEN issues that she has, um, including dyslexia, uh, concentration difficulties, and also... I think did did she say ADHD? I think so. Yeah. My yeah. Uh, my uh, iPads changed it, so I was like, I imagine. <laughs> I think that says ADHD. Um, and I thought it was incredibly clever, but actually, mm. she managed to do the icing and everything 
incredibly well and it was very neat too um yeah so let's have a look what did you do italian meringue buttercream uh, pineapple jam which is actually quite an interesting flavor i thought yeah. um and it was it the decoration linked back to her story about adhd and dyslexia because she had these rice paper sort of sails in different colors and they all had uh, numbers and letters on to represent her difficulties with dyslexia and then also the cake itself the way it was iced was so original i hadn't really seen icing done like that before it kind of looked like the cake was furry and she was saying mm. it represents sort of the brain fuzz that she gets sometimes and it was incredibly bright colors just like lizzie's outfits that you see i thought it was unbelievably good it was it was brilliant and i've got to admit it was one of those and this happens every now and bake off it was one of those that i suppose because of my teaching background and the fact that i've worked with children with adhd and um i don't know i sort of got the sense that you you sort of you get a built-in radar when you become a teacher and you, you notice these sorts of things and i I've loved Lizzie from the beginning of this series. I think she's such a great personality and it's been brilliant to have her on the show. And this cake, I, I almost felt a bit emotional when she sort of presented yeah. it at the end, because for me, you know, having worked with children who have got dyslexia and dyscalculia and ADHD and all of these things to be able to express yourself in a way that she did and to be able to get that feedback from it and to be able to tackle something that she's been working for eight episodes to be able to, you know, put it out of the bag and get the feedback from, from Prue and Paul really, really got to me. And I just, it was, it was such a lovely moment. And I think it was great because it was really well appreciated on social media. There was lots of lovely comments and, and tweets and, you know, audiences of anything and social media can be quite a negative place at times but it was so nice to see that she got a lot of support from that one for being brave enough to be out there um and it was lizzie in a cake i mean oh, it, it was. was lizzie in a cake but she just pulled it out and i will be honest that for me was my favorite out of the five i thought yeah. it was incredible i love love the concept love the execution love the color the idea just it was brilliant it was brilliant it was so good. I, I, I definitely agree. There was an emotional aspect to it because we've all seen that she's been working so hard to get that finesse and that feedback from the judges for all of the weeks. And she's been really, really pushing it. And actually, the bake that I think meant the most to her, she managed to do it on. And I think that was so special. And you don't really hear, well, I, I guess because I haven't been looking out for it or I guess noticing you don't really hear many people when she started saying oh actually I have ADHD and I have dyslexia and concentration problems or whatever when they were talking to her about the bake you don't actually hear people discussing that or even sort of admitting it I guess or saying oh yeah I actually have ADHD or I, or I struggle with this you don't hear many people on TV say that especially no. in reality TV and people who are just normal members of the public you know you might get documentaries yeah. or whatever from a celebrity but actually just to hear someone who we've enjoyed watching and is there in one of the biggest TV shows this country has produced ever I thought it was amazing to actually hear you know her say, I've got ADHD and, and this is what I'm going to be baking today. I just thought it was a really good thing. And I guess if you suffered from the same um, sorts of things as Lizzie, how amazing would it be to hear that on TV, right? On a primetime TV show that someone who is going through the same thing as you and really understands it is out there baking and is doing her best and, you know, is, is thriving, really. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we live in a in a world and culture where, 
despite the fact we shouldn't have to seek it, we all seek acceptance. And again, working with children and working with adults who have got ADHD and dyslexia, which is can be so hard to tackle. Um, having an example of that on TV where, you know, in front of 9 million people, whatever, you've got somebody like Paul Hollywood, who is a tough critic, saying you've absolutely smashed this. And it, it's on a bake, which, as you say, you know, highlights the the things that she has to tackle and overcome. And, you know, we've seen her, her not her battle with it, because I don't think it's been a battle. You know, she does incredibly well, but she find, she found the finesse hard and she never really said why. But when she said that in this bake, and it was the bake, as you say, where she aced it, you just think that it was just such a wholesome moment. And you're right, I think it will inspire people who, you know, and, and dyslexia and ADHD are incredibly common nowadays. You know, it's diagnosed a lot. We know a lot more about it. So to have that was just, yeah, it was fantastic. It was such a good Bake Off moment. It was so good. Something that will go down, I think, in Bake Off history. Similar to when yeah. um, Nadia talked about having anxiety and things when she won. And she said, oh, I can do everything now. I'm not going to put these barriers in the way. And we all remember that being such an emotional moment. But I think it was also emotional mm. because we were all like, oh, you know, someone on tv is experiencing the same things that people watching it are i think i think we'll remember it for that because it was inspirational um yeah. let's move on to talk about giuseppe now because uh, lizzie did so so well and actually reached the finesse and you know reached her potential whereas giuseppe he was having a bit of a difficult week um he went with the black forest gatto cake come on why <laughs> i don't understand why did he have Bad to do it. that I know. Ban the Black Forest Gatto. Ban it. Ban the Kirsch and the cherry. Um, <laughs> but he did a Kirsch cherry jam, had pistachios, puffed rice and chocolate and a Chantilly cream. And he went flour free as well. He added a bit of free from mm. himself. Um, and this is where, as you said earlier, Paul Hollywood was a little bit harsh and said, you know, this isn't your best bake. I'd expect better from you. And it was, oh, it was like gutting that moment, I, I thought. <laughs> Giuseppe, you could see him like, oh, great thanks paul <laughs> i know it's so tricky and you know he didn't have a great uh showstopper last week in caramel week as well and he's one of those that out here in the world of people who are watching it after it's all been filmed it, you know we expect him to be fantastic and you can tell i mean i think that really revealed the cards that he is their winner yeah. at the moment you know up until this point he is the one that they are going for and I just, yeah, it was it was really strange for him to miss the mark again. And I felt quite sorry for him, really. But um, it, to be fair, it, you know, looking at it, it, it wasn't his best. Exactly. You know, and they were saying about the Chantilly cream that had been piped up the side, how it covers things up. And, you know, when he, he got it out and he poured the chocolate over it, I was like, oh, my God, that's a mess. Yeah. That, that actually is a mess. Um, <laughs> I was like, sorry. You know, I'm Chair Baker again. Obviously, I'm qualified <laughs> to say that. Yeah. But, yeah. But that's and a mess. Like, it's a mess um you know and he's piping cream up and i was like oh and again maybe if it hadn't have been against lizzie's cake and christelle's cake and jürgen's slightly wonky cake then you know and cheeks is great cake it, it may have done better but it just stuck out which is unusual for giuseppe um but i love the fact he went brave with trying to go flower free and he i mean he went black forest which is traditional it's, it's a maggie but um you know he tried to put his spin on it and i like that i you know hats off to him exactly even though he didn't get the best feedback i mean all of the cakes this week were incredible Amazing. even giuseppe's yeah. so 
you know, I thought it was an incredibly tough decision for the judges to come up with Star Baker and the person that was going to go. I really wasn't sure who it was going to be at all this week. Um, And it was interesting, as you say earlier, that um, they really had to look at it from what people had done in previous weeks. But I'm not sure if I really agreed with that necessarily, because looking at Mm. it, someone who hasn't done so well this week, you know, he did well in the showstopper, but, you know, he didn't do well in the first two challenges was Jürgen. And he, he dropped his sausage rolls on the floor and his macarons didn't work at the beginning. You know, he's the person that had, I think, the most drama this week and in previous weeks it's the person that you know hasn't done too well and has the drama that goes but I feel like they got to this week and I know it's the quarterfinals so it is based on a lot of the other weeks and what they're they've seen from the bakers and their sort of potential but Mm. if it was judged on week by week and they do pride themselves that anyone could go at any time it's judged week by week Paul Hollywood even said that on Extra Slice last week I was a bit surprised because I couldn't see Jürgen going but it felt like they thought, okay, we can't make Jürgen go because he is very good and, you know, he's been excellent, especially a lot higher above than some of the other bakers in the tent still like Lizzie and Chiggs. But Lizzie, mm. she, her showstopper was so, so good. I thought, is that going to be enough to save her? Because actually it could be because she had done what they'd been asking for for such a long time. So I didn't really yeah. know where it was going to go, really. I mean, I'm going to start my response to that with a disclaimer that I am not going to mention the F word, the fix, because I don't think, I don't think there is a fix with this, but it it was just such, it was a weird moment. And particularly, I think when we came back just before the showstopper after that break, which of course I'd fast forwarded through, um, still an advocate (laughs) for me, it was weird because they obviously, they do the bit where they sort of catch in after the second challenge. And Paul and Prue said that, Chiggs and Giuseppe were the top two. In fact, they went Giuseppe first for, you know, Starbaker. Those two were in the running for Starbaker. And they had Lizzie and Christelle at the bottom two who were, you know, the ones that were in danger. And Jürgen just wasn't mentioned. You know, he was sort of safe in third. And that really surprised me because I think when you look at those first two bakes, obviously we don't taste them. You know, we, we, we see a tiny bit of what's going on in the tent. But I was really shocked that Jürgen wasn't mentioned at all yeah um and i thought i don't know it got because it's that them watching the showstopper again with his cake being a bit wonky and not as beautifully decorated and imaginative as lizzie's and christelle's i was exactly the same as you i genuinely could not call it i thought that it would be chigs for star baker only from the fact that they said it was between chigs and giuseppe um, and he'd done the better out of the two. But then we've had weeks where somebody does something absolutely fantastic when everyone's sort of been middle of the road. And I wouldn't have been surprised if they gave it to Lizzie or Christelle because their showstopper was fantastic. Yeah. It was so hard to call. But I was I was really surprised that Jürgen wasn't at any point mentioned as being in danger. I thought that was very strange. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it it was as if they'd they didn't even need to mention Jurgen because in their minds there's just no reason that he would go. But yeah, it, you know we have said a few times that people have saved themselves by doing a really spectacular showstopper, and I think this mm. week Lizzie did a really spectacular showstopper. And t- to be honest, if we're sticking with those rules, she she could have stayed. But then it was. Who else are you going to put out? You know, who else is going to go? Really, are you mm. going to make it Jurgen? Because 
I guess because he has been so good in the other weeks, would it be unfair? So I don't know. It gets tougher, doesn't it, to judge when you get further along in the, the whole process. I think it'll be interesting yeah. when we get to next week as well to see what they decide. Um, but Chiggs, yeah, he won Star Baker. We've spoken about yeah. how, you know, it was sort of because he'd done incredibly well with um, the technical challenge and everything and his ice cream sandwiches were good. But also it was because other people were having not a great week. So it allowed Chiggs to shine again. And um, mm. I was I was pleased that he got it. But to be honest, I kind of forgot that he was the one that got it. In my head, I just thought it was Giuseppe <laughs> because it's sort of, that's what we have every week is it Jürgen, Giuseppe, sometimes it might be Christelle. But I, I mm. sort of went, oh yeah, it was Chiggs, wasn't it? it yeah, it wasn't yeah. sort of a, he didn't stand out necessarily to be Starbaker, but he ended up getting Starbaker. Yeah, I, I think it was one of those said it could have really gone to a few people. I, I couldn't have called it at the end. Um, I think he really deserves it. It's nice that he got one earlier on in the series and he's getting one now at the quarterfinal. Um, and it puts us in a very interesting situation because, and I haven't researched this one, but um, funny enough, my girlfriend said this when we were watching and we got to the end of the episode because she said to me that she thinks it's the first time. And I agree with that. It's the first time that we've got to a final four where not only have they all got Starbaker at some point during the series, but also that they are the only four that have got a Starbaker during the series. Oh, yeah. Um, because nobody else has got them. You know, Lizzie was the, the last person who didn't have a Starbaker, George, before that. So we've now got four semi-finalists who not only have all got a Starbaker at least once. Obviously, um, Crystal's had it once, Chiggs and Giuseppe twice and Jürgen three times. But they are the only four who have had it as well. And we think that's the only time that's ever happened. So that's an interesting dynamic to put in, I think, going ahead to the semi-final. Yeah, that is interesting. I didn't really think of it like that. You know, all the people who have had Starbaker, they've ended up in the final. Because usually you get a few sort of mavericks that get Starbaker in the middle. And then it's like the next week, oh, well, you've done terribly, you're off. You know, <laughs> that's happened before. <laughs> so, yeah, it's interesting. I think Paul Hollywood at the beginning of the entire series said, um, it's been a favourite of his because the standard of baking is very high and you think, oh, is that just something he's saying as a, a press thing? But I think now coming into the semi-final um, and the final, I think it's going to be very hard to judge and I think it is going to yeah. be a really difficult one. Um, next week, we sort of uh, guessed it already because they usually do this for the semi-final. They do patisserie week where everything is Love intricate it. and small and you know very sort of the, the posh bakes, I guess. So we're going to mm. be looking forward to, to that next week. Um, the your favourite bit is the little teaser bit for next week on every episode. So I wasn't sure if there was dramas coming up or, or if we had a little look at what any of the bakes were. Usually patisserie, I'm not going to know what any of them are, but they're just going no. to be small and detailed. That's what we know. <laughs> little, little dainty things. Now, I've got to admit that the weird thing about the profile this week, um, I admit I haven't rewatched the, the preview, which, as you know, usually I watch about seven times before we do the episode. <laughs> um, the, the weird thing about it, though, is that it didn't really give any idea of drama for once. I, I came away from it thinking, oh, a actually, it just seems quite calm. There wasn't any moment where, you know, like last week, we saw somebody dropping sausage rolls on the floor and we saw somebody being told by Paul that they hadn't really done their best and they need to try harder. Um, whereas there, it was a lot of the typical ones of people standing around looking at ovens going, oh, it's hot. Um, and that was about it. So it really leaves next week open and despite the fact despite the fact I, I sort of have a gut feel of who I think 
could be final three. Yeah. It really could be anyone again. I think it really will come down to what happens next week because exactly. it, any of the four of them could go home. I they know. Really could. We've been so sort of vocal saying who we think is going to be in the final uh, final four or final three. Um, and I'd been putting Christelle in there and I know you had too, but this week Chiggs, he did, he did so well. So I cannot actually call it. I feel like it's fair to say that Jürgen and Giuseppe, even because it's been, looks like it's been slightly engineered that way, are going to be in the final. Mm. But then you've got Chiggs and Christelle. I have absolutely really now no idea which one is going to be in there. I always thought it was Christelle, yeah. but now Chiggs with his next star baker. I'm not mm. sure. Well, it's funny because when we predicted our final four right back at the beginning, I think I put Maggie and Freya in mine. You did. And when then they came, when those two then came out, as soon as they came out, I put Chiggs and Christelle in. Ah. So th- this is the final four that I, I wanted after, yeah. I think it was Freya who left second. I can't remember now. Um, so I'm happy with the final four, but I can't say so my, my gut feeling, if I'm honest, is that I think it will be Chiggs that goes through to the final. Oh, really? Um, I think it will be an all-male final, which controversial. Um, but the last two weeks or two, three weeks, Christelle has really upped her game. Like she's come up with some great ideas. That cake from this week, the the sort of, you know, terrarium that she yeah. had with the Sugar Dome last week, even though it took four attempts. <laughs> you know? and, and she only got Star Baker in episode six with the pastries. You know, yeah. when she did that really nice cottage for her nan. So it, I don't know. It's, it's my, my gut feeling is I think that it could be Christelle's week to go. I mean, I'd love it considering how self-depreciating she's been on social media. If she wins this now, I mean, she needs a BAFTA to go along with it because she's, she's played that so well. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I, in my heart of hearts, I think it might be Christelle going next week. But at the same time, I don't want her to go. I don't want any no. of them to go. And it could be any of them going, any of them staying. I just don't know. And this is the first time this has ever happened. <laughs> you it's sound like, like oh. you're in a little bit of an existential crisis over it, really. You're not I sure am. who's going to be. <laughs> yeah. You're, you seem distressed. <laughs> I am. I, I feel like I'm Jürgen and I've just dropped some sausage rolls on the floor. I know. Um, yeah. I don't, what do you think? I mean... I... I think I've been saying Christelle and I think it's going to be Christelle because it's patisserie and she's very, very mm. good at the detail. We know that mm. garden she did with the cottage and then her granddad's sort of cactus terrarium. And then this week, the piping, you know, everything. I think that she might be going through just because of the detail and how, um, you know, how precise she can be. Chiggs, he's good with detail too. He did that collar this week and everything. He's, he's great at decoration, but I just think patisserie is really hard and maybe Chiggs is the lockdown baker even though he's really excelled it might be yeah. a little bit too much but he could also completely prove us wrong because he's just absolutely like won every challenge he's just done it completely <laughs> fine so far so that might be really unfair to say but it's weird isn't it because I, I still think that the winner is going to be Jürgen or Giuseppe I don't see it even yeah that third person, even though they might be really good, I don't even think it's going to be them. It is going to be Jürgen or Giuseppe. And I, I've had my money on Giuseppe from week one, which is mad. You have. You've had your money a bit on Jürgen. He's sort of dwindled a little. So it's going to be a bit of a battle between me and you, I think, as well. I th- it could be. I think because I... I mean, I don't know. It's, it's tricky, isn't it? Because those two were so strong from the beginning. And as we've said, what 
Bake Off, the Bake Off producers and editors are very good at is is creating the storyline. They yeah. get us to like them all in the first week. We get to know all 12 of them and we follow them through. We know when people are going to leave because all of a sudden they have an episode where you get to see their life story. You know, we don't know that Lizzie didn't talk about her ADHD and dyslexia in the third week and it was just edited out. Until exactly. This week, we, we you know, we don't know that. And I just feel that... Giuseppe and Jürgen were really strong from the beginning because, you know, they, they were great and they were the strongest bakers at the beginning. But at the same time, the other two have really come out. I did just had a look back there. You know, Chicks came 11th in the first technical. Christelle came 8th. And all of a sudden we're getting these brilliant bakes. You know, they've both got a star baker at one point. I wonder... I wonder if the Bake Off producers <laughs> have have really have played us all at their own game, really, and sort of, you know, if if Chicks or Christelle turned around and won the final, that would be amazing. Like, what a turnaround that would oh, be! It'd be excellent TV. I know, particularly as Giuseppe and, and Jurgen say, have both had a couple of shaky weeks now towards the end. They started off strong, they've got shakier, whereas the other two started shaky and have got stronger. And they always talk about the J word, the journey. Um, mm. I don't know. I, I really can't call it. And it, I'm really excited about that. Although I'm also having an existential crisis. Yeah. I think that's how yeah. I feel as well. I think <laughs> like, ah. we're going to be sat in a lot of sort of a tense atmosphere. And we're going to be a bit, a bit anxious anytime someone mentions Bake Off, I think, from now on. Because we just don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm feeling tense over it next week for Patisserie Week. I'm really looking forward to watching it. It's going to be great i think i'm gonna be mm. sad lizzie's not there because she has been a great person to have on the screen but yeah i'm very very tense now yeah I think. me too yeah well thanks jp for joining me to talk about free from week it's been an interesting week with you know baked goods and non-baked goods but it's been interesting to sort of see who on earth is going to be in that final and yeah i just think i'm gonna sit sort of in anxiety now for a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we've only got two left. I mean, I, I'm really sad that we're only two away from the end, but at the same time, it's probably good for my blood pressure. Possibly. Anyway, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you back here next time for Patisserie Week. Yes! <laughs>